0: So this morning I, I had them read a, a pretty large portion of Scripture. As I was looking at 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, I realized that it's, it's all the same. It's really the same topic. And so I, I wanted to try to tie it together. So it was a long passage, but I, I think you'll understand why it was good to tie it together. We probably could have taken several weeks to go through this. There's a lot here, but I thought I just want to make one... Um, I want to tie this together in such a way that you can keep going back for your Christian life you just keep going back to second corinthians 8 and 9 and and I, I want to challenge here's the challenge I want to present to you I started out my earlier in the week my my sermon title that I was um thinking through was um be generous like God and I still think that's a theme there but I, I like this better as I was coming the, this morning, and I just keep thinking through this, and and here's the the premise of what I want to talk about. You can afford to be generous, and that means you, not someone you know that has lots of money, not someone who's doing better financially, not someone who's got all their financial house in order. You, just you. You can afford to be generous. And I, I want to I explain why I think that's true. So let me pray. Father, we, we thank you for um, challenging us and pushing us in areas that for some of us make us feel uncomfortable or maybe some of us even doubt the truthfulness of such a claim. But Lord, how can we think otherwise when we see what you've done for us? How could we possibly come to the conclusion that as sons and daughters of the most high God, that we can't afford to be generous. We can. Because of your indescribable gift to us, it's changed the way we view what our role is and, and how we can partner with you, how we can use our resources. And how you can even provide resources beyond our wildest imagination. So that we can do good in your name and promote your glory in all the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. So I, I want to um, I, I name, or I could, I could name some people who have a lot of money and who are very generous. But I can also name some people who have very little money and are very generous. I think you could do the same thing. You probably know some people that you think of them and you think they're so generous. They're so giving. Some of them have a lot from which they give and some of them have very little from which they give. But you would categorize them as being generous. And I I wonder if you see yourself in that category. So I want to push you. I want to push you in this way. Now, none of you know the gentleman that I'm going to refer to, but... He's very dear and personal to me through all of my life. From, a, from Even before I became a Christian as a teenager, um, I knew this man and then I knew him for the rest of his life. Uh, Mr. Strickland was a very wealthy man who paid the largest portion of my seminary expenses for three years and he paid so many other things in my early Christian life for me. It was very humbling to be a recipient of how freely he gave to me, believing that it was an advancement of God's kingdom. And I also know, I know that he gave millions to the work of God's kingdom. But I've also been in some really poor countries, among some very poor people who have given freely and joyfully, for instance killing one of one of their very few chickens, gathering food and working with their neighbors to make a delicious meal for us to eat, sitting in their two or three plastic chairs in their one-room house with no table, dirt floors, pieces of old corrugated metal for walls, some of them very poor, so very poor, giving out of their poverty, their little that cost a lot because they love God and want to experience the joy of participation. So I've been around some, I've been the beneficiary of some wealthy people in their generosity. And I've been greatly humbled by some very poor people who had way more than I have. I'm sorry, way less. Way less than I have and who gave at such a deep level that it was very humbling to sit there and eat <laughs> the family chicken. You know, they only had a handful, and they put out, they just put it out on the table, and it made them so happy to, to give. Um, I think the root of it comes from a verse like Ephesians 5:1, be imitators of God, be like God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. It's so interesting. I don't know that I had necessarily paid that close attention to that verse, but it says imitate God in giving because it immediately says, because that's what Jesus did when he gave everything to you. You can give because look at what Jesus gave for you. Okay, so... um. You're all familiar with that saying, you can't outgive God, right? That's a pretty well-known saying among Christians, you can't outgive God. Uh, remember when Christmas rolls around and we try to teach our children um, Christmas is about God's giving, God's gift. Remember, we, we say that every year. Uh, Easter, Easter, the message is, Jesus gave everything. For us, He was the burnt offering. The burnt offering's the one that was completely burnt up, completely given. Jesus was our burnt offering. He gave everything. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that He gave the most precious thing He could, His only Son, His one and only Son. Um, imitate God by being generous towards others and generous towards gospel promotion. So here's... Here's what, um, I'll, I'm just going to define generosity this way. The quality of being kind and plentiful. Being kind and plentiful, a readiness to give more than is expected. When you give what is expected, that's that's not generous. That feels kind of like a, a duty or like, oh, well, here, so your guilt will go away or. You know, we often give because we don't want to be embarrassed by not giving. But this is like more generous is like more than expected. Like, whoa, surprising, bountiful, liberal, open-handed. You take what you have and you're like open-handed with it. That's generous. Um, Many of you will remember, some of you on. if you're newer to our church, I don't, um, we've often prayed for, um, Devin and Ellen Wilson. But I remember the story Ellen told one time when she was young as a Christian, young in her faith, and she told the story about falling in love with Christ, and then she learned about world missions, and it's like, man, I want to I I give to world missions. And I remember her telling the story that she didn't have any money, so she, and she began praying for missions, and, and she's like, Lord, I want to I give. And she decided, well, I'll, I'll skip lunch once a week and I'll use that money and I'll use that time to pray for missions and I'll use my lunch money once a week to give and I'll save it up and once a month. I'll make a, an, a give to missions. And I thought that always impacted me. Um, she figured out a way because she had a heart that wanted to give to God. Um, Romans twelve eight refers to a spiritual gift of giving, the one who contributes in generosity. Remember the story in Mark chapter 12 of the, the widow who was, the rich people came and they gave their big money in the box and it made a lot of noise, like ching, 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 ching. And she gave her two little, basically two pennies, two pennies she put in there. And Jesus commended her he didn't um, say anything negative about the other people. He just said she gave more than they did. They gave lots of money. And he said, well, she honestly gave way more than they did because she gave her last two cents that she had to live on because she wanted to give. And she was putting that trust into God. It's pretty impressive. So um, I, I think I'm only supposed to have three points, but i got way more. Um, I'm just going to make some points out of this passage, okay? And if you want to write down, that's fine. If not, just you'll just go back to chapter 8 and 9, you'll see it. You'll see all these things. Um, number one, the grace of God will make you generous. Did you know that? The grace of God will make you generous. Some people are naturally generous, like they're not even Christians and they just like very generous. I know a lot of people like that. They'll, You know, I'll pay. I'll do this. I'll give you the. As they say, the shirt off their back. They'll. They're just naturally like that. They just love to give. It just gives them joy. But do you know the grace of God will make you generous if you're not generous. In verse one of chapter eight, we want you to know about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. So God can turn you into a giver, you little miser. (laughs) God can turn a miser into a giver. Believe that. Isn't that cool? And so all of a sudden, giving feels good and important. So the grace of God will make you generous. It'll start to change that grip on your billfold. He'll do it. Uh, Someone's tight with all their that they have, then they don't know much about the grace of God yet. And maybe you're like that. You're just tight. You're just tight. There's nothing wrong with being a good steward, but like every time something comes around, it's like hold on, don't want to. Go, they're going to ask for money. I want to go to that pregnancy care center banquet. They're going to ask for money or whatever it is. Um, Number two, poverty is not a barrier to generosity. This passage makes it so clear. Generosity is not dictated by how much you have. It says in verse two, in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy is and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. So so giving starts in your heart, not in your billfold. The question becomes, Lord, what can I give? You you think like that when you see a need? Or it's like, Lord, how can I get out of this with my money still in my billfold? I heard an interesting story. This is is an interesting story. (laughs) Um, I, I, I read the, um, there's a two-volume autobiography on George Whitfield, and it's so funny because it says that Ben Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, and he wasn't known for his Christianity. It said Ben Franklin z- decided that when he would go hear George Whitfield preach, he decided to leave his money at home. He said, because every time I heard him preach, I gave everything out of my pocket. He said, I wanted to hear him preach. He was an amazing preacher. And he always preached for, um, he was raising money for orphans in Savannah, Georgia. And he said, I, I learned. How, he said, and then, and he said, and then, but the problem is, I decided to do that. And I went to hear George Whitfield preach about the poor orphans. And I was asking money for people around me if I could borrow money because I, I still wanted to give. It's like his heart was moved because it's like, He he wanted to participate. Number three, generosity is giving more than is expected. That's generosity. Giving what's expected is expected. It's not generosity. It's like, well, that's giving. Generosity is giving more than is expected. Verse three, for they gave according to their means, as I can testify, beyond their means, of their own accord. You ever done that? How'd it feel? It's like, yeah, it felt good, but it's like, okay, I won't do that again. No, it's like, man, I you do you regret? I, I look back sometimes and it's like I'm praying, I'm nervous about giving to something. It's like, oh, man, can I? I don't ever, it's, I don't know about you, but I don't regret afterwards. When God gets me where my heart is, I don't like going, man, if only I had that money now. I, I really I really get pretty happy about it. And now it might be a struggle next time. It's like, okay, Lord, I, whew, I don't think that I have this grace, and you're going to have to work it in me every time I hear of something I need to give to. But generosity is giving more than expected. It's kind of like when you feel like, I just have to help with this cause. That's that feeling. I just have to help. Your heart stirred just like I just have to help. Um, number four, giving excites generous people. They get excited. It's like, whoa! Here's here's something I want to give to. They're like, oh boy, let's see what we can do. It excites people. It's like we've had causes in our church where people are like, let's do this, let's give this. I've had people communicate to me and say, hey, can we do this? Can we? Can I start a fund? We've had people raise money for projects, and they get excited. And they're like. They're excited by it. It's like, and you know that some of them don't have much. They're like going, can we, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a way. We'll ask people. We'll stir up generosity. We'll ask and we'll give sacrificially. We'll ask people. We'll create a way. And we've contributed to works around the world. Because people, the heart got stirred. And it's like, can we give to that? And they get excited because God God lays something on their heart and they just don't sit there. It's like, what can we do? Um, Number five, generosity starts inward with a genuine love for God. It starts inside. The kind of generosity that Jesus promotes in the gospel works is a work of God in you. And Paul was describing how this works to the Corinthians, and he said, he was explaining to how giving the Macedonians had been. He said, they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. First to the Lord. And then the causes of God began to resonate on their hearts. It's like, first God, and it's like, God, how can I participate? It's so cool. God begins to work this grace in you and it's actually an expression, generosity. The kind God's talking about, generosity, it's it's not just a tax break. But I'm thankful for tax breaks. Are you? Do you realize that somehow in the mercy of God, we get that in this country? Very thankful for it. it. It inspires generosity. A lot of good things have happened because someone way back when decided, it's like, hey, let's, let's, let's give people a tax break if they give to wonderful causes. And we have been the beneficiaries of this. I don't know how long we'll have it. And if they take it away, it shouldn't take away our generosity. If they take this from us, it shouldn't take away, it shouldn't dry the well. shouldn't dry well. The world should not have the power to do that. Over us, So we're going to give, whether we get the benefit from a government or not, because we're going to get our primary benefit from God. Okay? So let's don't freak out if they take it away. Let's just keep giving and let God be the giver back to us. Let it be because we love God. Um, okay? It starts inward. It's kind of like inside you're going, Lord, I know this cause is dear to your heart, and I love you, and you've made it dear to my heart. Okay, so number six, generosity. Number five, generosity starts inside, inward. Number six, generosity moves outward with a genuine love for others. In verse eight, I say this not as a command, but to prove by our earnestness of others that your love is also genuine. So it's kind of like you see a need or a person. You're like, I just want to help this person. I want to help those people, these people. They're dear So dear and valuable to God, and you just want to help Him. It's like um, God is working His love in you, and He brings someone. It could be a single person, an individual person. It's like I just want to help you. Just want to. It could be like I'm going. I'm going to buy you lunch. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you buy those tires on your car for your car. I'm going to. you want, you want that shirt? I see you looking at it. I, I'm going to get it for you. Can I do that for you? Have you ever... I've watched people brought to tears because someone responded instantly and did something for someone and the other person was so moved by that act of kindness that was so Christ-like, and they just, they just get all teary, and they're like, "I can't believe you, I can't believe you just did that for me. That's not normal." And it starts inside with love for God and love for people, and just moves out. Generosity moves outward with a genuine love for others. Number seven: Every believer needs to cultivate generosity. It's like hand in hand with our faith. Every believer needs to cultivate generosity. Are you, are you working on it? I'm challenging you right now. Be more generous. Be generous. Find this. In, enter into this part of the Christian experience. You're missing something. Miser and miserable. It's no, it's no mistake, I don't think, that those are pretty closely aligned. Miser ability. Miserability. I think there's, maybe there's something there. And I just thought of it, like right now. I'm going to try to remember that for the next, next message. How those two things go together. But Christianity and miser, misery, miser, and all that, all not go together. Okay? You need to cultivate generosity. Verse 7, as you excel in everything, faith, speech, knowledge, and all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act also. It's kind of like you hear about it today and maybe some of you are going, I love this. I, I want to I get better at it. I want to help promote Team Jesus with my resources. Okay. Number eight. The more you think about Christ's generosity, the more generous you'll become. If you keep thinking about what Jesus did for you, then you're going to want to do something for somebody. Listen to to what Jesus did for you. You know, verse 9, by the grace of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that by by his poverty you might become rich. What did he do? What did he become poor to do? To die on a cross and die for you. The more you think about how generous he was, the more you want to be generous. It, It impacts you. It's moving. So think about, if you want to be more generous, don't think about how much you have or don't have. Think about what Christ has and what he gave for you. Think about his wealth that he says he's going to give you things so you can give. And the better steward you are, the more opportunity he's going to give you. If you start with what you have and say, Lord, just teach me to be generous. And you might say, I don't have much. Well, then he says, well, then, I'm, if you have a heart, just begin praying. Say, Lord, make me generous. And He's not going to look at how much you give. He's not going to look at a dollar amount. He's going to look of, out of what you give. Like, he's going to put things in your path, and you're going to say, "How about that?" He's going to maybe He'll bless you with something. He'll say, oh, "How about that?" What are you going to give out of that? You going to Make it grow and multiply for my kingdom? Or should I not give you much because you don't give very much? He'll give you opportunity to be generous. If you will think about what He has done for you, meditate on the finished work of Christ, then He's going to start working some of that quality into you. Number nine, generosity ought to be a regular part of your giving It ought to be a regular part of your giving. In verse 10 and 11, in this matter I give my judgment, this benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this, but work also to desire to do it. So now finish doing it as well so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. So, like for a year, they'd been saving up for something for a year. This particular, a specific gift, it was giving to probably people back in... There was a famine in Jerusalem and they were taking up funds to help people in need. And we've given projects where it took a while. Um, we've given... We raised... Uh, I don't know. It took a little while and we raised 10000 I think ten or $11,000 for a water filter system to the group of the church that we partner with in the Dominican Republic. And many of you gave to that. We've given to... Um, a lot of you have given to uh, raising funds to go on mission trips. You're, you're doing that right now. Some of you are doing that right now. You're, you're raising and you're giving so that we can go. And some of you have given money toward building a camp and build buildings so that children who are in poverty, in dire poverty, third world poverty in the Dominican can have a camp. They can get out of the, the streets and the terrible conditions in which some of them live so that they can experience the gospel for multiple days running where they don't have to go home and feel the, the hunger pain for a few days and they can hear the gospel of Jesus. And some of you have given to so many things. I'll mention a few as we get to the end because I'm just impressed with the multiple ways some of you are generous. Um, okay, number 10, generosity is intended to bless those who give and those who receive. And so in verses 12 to 15, it talks about there's a readiness to give. Um, and it says according to what a, purpose, a person has, not according to what he does not have, like... God doesn't expect you to give what you don't have, but He says, do you have something and you want to give? And then He'll give you. I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened. That is a matter of fairness. Your abundance at the present time should supply their need, and so their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness, as it is written, whoever gathered much, nothing left over, and whoever gathered little, no lack. So it's kind of like there's a, a time... Where you might be the giver, and there might be a time when you're the receiver. And let me say this don't be too stingy to give, that part's easy. But, friend, don't be too proud to receive. Some people, it's like they're too proud. It's like I don't need nothing. Some people are so proud they cannot, it's like un American. There's a time when you need to humble yourself and receive a gift that God's given you. And, and it's really not your stellar quality saying, Mo, oh, thanks. Sometimes it's just ugly pride. Ugly pride. Sometimes you're like going, No, I don't receive. And you rob yourself. And you rob the people around you who are extending the grace of God. And you're like, no, no, I only... I'm, I'm the man who, I take care of myself. I only give. And there's something that doesn't occur in the body of Christ because your pride won't let you receive. You're like, only feel good about yourself if you give. Well, what about the, person who, the other person who's given? Okay, so we need to cultivate um, the, both sides of generosity, Number 11, generosity connects believers in amazing common causes. One of the coolest things is to connect with people who also are giving. Um, There's amazing people find each other when they go and they give toward um, uh, promoting life. And the... Some people get involved and they give toward the Pregnancy Care Center and they they go and they find other people that are really interested about that. Some people give to stop sex trafficking. They meet some of the most amazing people who are also burdened for this. Some people give to uh, campus ministry and they love partnering. Some people give to um, Fellowship of Christian Athletes and they love partnering there. Some people give to mission organizations like Set in Motion and they love to go there. Some people partner and they get burdened for a country and they find out, oh, we have someone in Slovenia and they give to that or someone finds out about ministering to people who are hungry in our community And I'm like, man, I, I heard about United Christian Ministries and they jump in. Some people are like, they get so excited watching and maybe they have recovered from some addiction. And they're like, oh, man, I want to help with Celebrate Recovery or Life Challenge or Teen Challenge. And they're going, whoa, I can give to this. Praise God. And they find other people that share some burden together. And they have the joy of beginning to meet together and pray for that cause. And God stirs up. And they make the most wonderful connections for the gospel. And that's toward the end of chapter 8. And when you get to chapter 9, there's three last things I want to say. And you get to chapter 9. Um, I'm going to ask you to do three things, okay? So this is kind of, a, kind of like an application when we get to chapter 9. So here's what I'm going to ask today out of chapter 9. Ask God to stir up generosity in you and our church. So I want you to pray, Lord God, stir up generosity. Do you know you can never be too generous, right? Remember the little saying, you cannot give God? Don't you think we should continue to ask God to stir up generosity in our church? Isn't it a wonderful... Paul was bragging about the Macedonians and this quality. They had to be generous. Don't we want to be part of that? Let's let's think about what we have. And today, in a minute, I want you to pray for God to stir up generosity in you and in our church. And also, let's be bountiful and cheerful. In generosity, Be a cheerful giver. Be bountiful. All right, not only stir it up, but Lord, help us be happy about it. <laughs> May we be cheerful givers. May we be bountiful givers, cheerful givers. Lord God, teach me to be a cheerful, happy about it. I want to be happy about it. And then be thankful based on His inexpressible gift. It's so interesting, these two chapters, it kind of started with pointing to Christ's gift and it ends pointing at Christ's gift. And it says, give out of that. Remember what he did for you. Do that. You give for your love for God. Okay, so um, I can't even begin to tell you all the ways, the endless ways people have given. Promoting Jesus 101 and all over the world. I, I can't even begin to. People call me and say, can I do this? People have done things for me I'm just very humbled by. I've watched people in our church do things that no one, no one heard. And I'm very humbled by that. I've watched people give sacrificially. I've watched people give a lot. I've had people hand me money and say, will you give this to missions? Will you give this to that cause? How do I, who do I talk to for this? I've had people say, God has laid on my heart this thing. Who do I talk to? I have no idea. I know what our church budget is, but I have no idea the level of generosity because a large part of generosity in this church doesn't go through our church budget. It goes straight to the cause. Our church budget doesn't even come close to reflecting the level of generosity in our church. Because some people go straight to the source and they're like, I find out sometimes what some of you are doing and I'm like going, wow, praise God. So I'm, I'm going to close. There's three things I want you to pray about and, and we're doing, we're trying to do more praying around here, okay? And we're trying to make our service close in this way that you have an opportunity to pray and do business with God. Yeah, you guys come on up. Y'all good. Um, So here's three things and here's here's to the way we're closing our services now, okay? With prayer, you praying. You can turn and pray with someone. You can sing the song on the screen. You can come up here and pray. Four or five of you can gather here and say, will you come pray with me? And here's three things I want you to pray about. Number one, If you need to be a receiver of a gift today, meaning salvation, God's gift of salvation, then I want you to pray and I want you to say, Lord God, today I receive out of your generosity the gift of Jesus for my salvation. If you're here and you're not a Christian, then I want you to be the beneficiary of God's generosity today and I want you to say Lord God I received the finished work of Jesus to atone for my sins the greatest gift that could ever be given to me I want you to do that and if that's what you're going to do then I want you I want you to turn and pray with someone and say look I just I just want to will you pray with me I'm going to I'm going to ask God to save me today I'm just going to pray I just need I need to be saved will you stay Turn and pray. So everyone go ahead and stand up. And then secondly, if you're not naturally a giving, generous person, you found it hard because you didn't feel like you had very much, then I'm going to ask you to pray. Say, Lord God, will you take what I have and teach me to be generous And maybe there's a group of you that want to do this together and just turn and pray with each other and say, Lord, teach me to be generous in my life and my heart. And then lastly, I want you to tell Jesus, thankful for his indescribable gift. And so you might just want to come and pray and just say, Lord, I just want to thank you for what you've done for me. You can do it by singing. You can turn. You can move about. But let us respond. Respond to God in an appropriate way to His generosity. You can afford to be generous because He was generous with you. Multiple opportunities to respond to God, please do so. Father, thank you for this indescribable gift that you have opened the floodgate of generosity. It's not something that we naturally are, but supernaturally We can learn, work this into our hearts and out of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.